0: welcome back to tackling the premier league podcast uh today we have a second table talk episode coming to you uh one game week before the world cup break uh tackling the premier league podcast is hosted by uh, me uh, a sad depressed everton fan jackson 17 also hosted by bj the germ jackson the arsenal loving high-flying man and jason the boob the uh holland doppelganger how we doing guys
1: pretty good oh
2: yeah we good over here
0: well it's been uh it's been about two weeks since we last came at you guys um and uh we wanted to get back on it get back at it and hit you with an episode before the last game week of the world cup we're gonna go through the table again because the table has changed so much in the past two weeks uh, we've had 20 games, and we thought we'd run through the table again. And there's no better place than to start at the top. And guess what? It's still the same as it was the last time we spoke. Jerm, uh, we'll get your reaction first because you're the man with the plan. What do you think of the Gooners so far this season and, and since the last time we spoke?
1: I mean, yeah, since the last time we spoke, two big wins. Uh, the one against Nottingham Forest, huge 5-0 win definitely helps out with the goal differential, which is definitely going to come into play with uh, Man City. They have a little bit better of a goal differential than us right now, so we needed a win like that. And then the big win against Chelsea, absolute dominating at Sanford Bridge. They might as well just call that our training ground now. First team ever to win three straight games at Sanford Bridge.
0: Let's do it, fellas.
2: What are y'all's thoughts on Arsenal?
0: Yeah, well, let's let's hear it, Boo.
2: I mean, we said in the last one that Arsenal – I mean, it was kind of questionable whether or not they had won uh, or should have won the ones before being Southampton and Leeds as they struggled in both. But they were really dominant against Forrest, as you would hope. And then Chelsea, as BJ said, might as well be a training ground as they put on an absolute clinic out there. Only one won nothing, though. But they kind of deserved other goals.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, just going off what you said, uh, we deserved other goals. We had it. Uh, expected goal, uh goals of two compared to Chelsea's point three absolute thrashing. And then the Nottingham Forest game, we where our expected goals were two point three, so not really that much of a difference when it was a five and a one zero game. So,
0: yeah, Arsenal. Uh, since the last time we spoke, have have continued their brilliant run of form in the Premier League. Uh. It almost is one of those things where you, you say, hey, this team is is a contender and no longer a pretender. I mean, they we, we said in, in previous episodes that we wanted to see them in, in their run of August games. We are now in November, and they're still with one draw and one loss, and, and they're playing brilliant football, and, and Arteta's got his men flying. It really is going to come down to uh, to a few games, and I imagine that's Arsenal... Man City tie back and forth, home and away, and then uh, you know a couple of other games, maybe the Arsenal Liverpool rematch and the the, uh, the uh, Arsenal Newcastle games, which I do not believe have happened. Y'all haven't played Newcastle. No, yet, have we, you? we
1: haven't even played them once. We that's our one of our that's our first game of the new year. Big wow. game.
0: big game that one. Definitely, I think those are the two ties that that, that uh, define Arsenal season, along with a you know they did draw Southampton. Um, so maybe one of those here or there that they have to play, and they also have yet to uh, face Everton as well, uh, with that game getting rescheduled due to the Queen's uh, the Queen's passing. Uh, we'll move on to second place, uh, where none of the Manchester Manchester City sit. Uh, a little bit of leapfrog each weekend. Whoever plays first goes forward. Um, Ooh, this is your team. What do you think?
2: Um. Yeah, we're having trouble getting out of second gear these past couple games um, Ed Lester, This Going into Leicester, uh, we hadn't we had failed to score in our three away games and we were without Holland. So kind of worried going into it. And it I mean, my worries were proven correct as first half, just back and forth and not able to score as Ward has been great in goal. And it seemed like it was gonna need something spectacular, which was provided by none other than KDB with that free kick. And then going down to 10 men against Fulham, that was tough. I mean, that set the tone for the whole game as we weren't able to really dominate the game as we should have. And if they had Mitrovic, who was sidelined due to uh, five yellow cards, they might have won the game. And, I mean, as it, as you saw, it took a penalty for us to eventually win it in the 95th minute.
0: Fulham we'll look a, a good team, but we'll get to them. As far as Manchester City goes, you know, they they have Erling Haaland with an injury and uh, they get the job done in uh, the games they play. But two very, very difficult games. Uh, Like you said, second gear seems to be the comfort zone where they're where they're running and and they haven't kicked on. But just just a stat for you. Uh, Manchester City's second leading goal scorer has six goals and that's Phil Foden behind him. in third is Julian Alvarez with three. Other than Erlen Holland, the goals are uh, the goals are pretty spread out throughout the team. Obviously, Holland's sitting on 18 with his uh, 90th-minute pin against Fulham. BJ, what do you say about City so far? Are you a little nervous with them chasing the coattails?
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a game like that is definitely a game you don't want to see them get three points out of at Fulham. Oh, man, that, that pin. Uh, first look at it, I think Kevin De Bruyne went down real easily, but – if you keep on looking at it more and more, his foot does get caught and he sells the hell out of it. So, I mean, it is what it is with that. And The call on the field was a pin, no? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, and I think
0: think that's one of those things where you look at, if the call on the field is a pin and, and you go back and look on replay and you see contact, there's no way that, you're going you're gonna to overturn it. If there was no contact, sure, you can, you can say, hey, you might want to have another look at this. But if there's any contact at all, it it was deemed on the field sufficient enough to be a pin, and it has to be given a pin. Soft? Sure. There have been more. I mean, there have been- De,
1: Bruyne, De Bruyne knew exactly what he was doing there. He had no chance of getting the ball close to goal, so he did the only thing he knew what to do there was go down, and the defender made the mistake about touching him. So,
2: well, I disagree. I think with the cutback, uh, if Anthony Robinson doesn't clip his heels there, I think uh, we can create something going forward as kind of open uh, headed back that way. But I mean, even if you look at Fulham players' reactions, they knew it was a pin too.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. Robinson does catch him, but I think I think the broader was going down no matter what there. Yeah. Even if. Even if Robinson didn't catch him, I think the Bruyne was going down.
0: So we have City sitting on thirty-two points, Arsenal sitting on thirty-four points. They'll be back and forth. They're within a game of each other. Um, that's one to watch, especially going into the last weekend before uh, the World Cup. Um, both teams looking at uh, pretty, pretty good games. Uh, Man City played Brentford, who just went out in the Carabao Cup to penalties against a non-league side. And, and then Arsenal uh, travel to Molyneux to take on uh, out-of-form Wolves, who have found a little bit of form but still see themselves second to last place, only on 10 points. So you'd expect three points from both teams, and you'd expect them to move on. But uh, what do you guys, you, you got three points for both teams, and we we go into the World Cup break, uh, Arsenal ahead by two points? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah perfecto move to third place a little bit of a surprise here uh breaking up that uh sky six or the big six is there (laughs) formerly known as uh newcastle united with their recently acquired oil money have found themselves in third place uh on 27 points just five points off second and uh seven points off first seven wins six draws and the only the one loss, uh, the one loss being the same as Man City and Arsenal, uh, all three are just on one loss. But Newcastle have been seen to get it done. If you're not going to win the game, you better not lose the game. And and that seems to be what they've done. They sit on 27 points in third place. Uh, since we last talked, Newcastle have beaten Aston Villa 4 nothing in an impressive game at St. James's Park. And then uh, they... Uh, traveled to St. Mary's where they beat Southampton four to one. Newcastle guys without Alan St. Maximum still flying high. What do we have to say about them?
2: They have looked incredible. Um, as you mentioned, outscoring their opponents eight to one in these last two games. And it brings their unbeaten run to nine games now. And they really look a solid squad, especially now that they're finding goals and winning games. I mean They've won their last four now. So, and in those, they've outscored their opponents. What is it? 11 to 2. So yeah. they're done on both ends of the pitch.
0: And I believe you said in a prior podcast, if they can find a way to turn their draws into wins, they could find themselves closer to the top of the table. And here they are. I guess you got that one, right? What do you think, Jeremy?
1: Um, yeah. Newcastle definitely looks um, very impressive right now getting the goals in mass amounts, which is what you love to see. Um, Miggy, man, Miguel Almirón, he's definitely been their player this season, in my opinion. You, you guys know he's the leading goal scorer for them this year in the Premier League so far. He's already had, He already has eight goals in the Premier League.
2: Yeah, seven in his last seven.
0: Yeah,
1: that's very, very impressive. So I like to see that. Former um Atlanta United player, MLS.
0: got to support yeah. him. Grealish uh, lit a fire under Miguel Amaron, I guess.
1: But, yeah, so just speaking of Jack, you said that Newcastle has that oil money. Let's just say they beat uh, Chelsea this weekend. They're next – then they got um, a couple games in December. They ain't got to win them all, but they win a couple of them. Dude, they – I think they can get backed in January, man. That's scary, too.
0: Oh, they're getting backed in January whether they win them or not. I mean – Seriously, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna see a pretty good backing. if they, I mean, you've got to think they have Alexander Izak, who's injured right now. That, that was a massive purchase of what it was, a 70 million pound. Uh, he's waiting to make his debut. They have Alan St. Maximum, who's one of the most exciting wingers in the Premier League currently. Uh, he's been out with an injury. He's, he's seen a few minutes here and there as a substitute in the past two games. But when he gets back up and running after the World Cup, this team... Are dangerous, and you got to give a hand to Eddie Howe if you are going to give a hand to anybody. I mean, the man has, has turned question. things around in Newcastle. Question: uh, Liverpool,
1: they sack uh, Klopp. You are Eddie Howe. Do you go to Liverpool?
0: Nope. Why would they sack Jurgen Klopp? I think Klopp's out after this year. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I
2: don't go. I mean, he's got. The players playing well now, and y'all are talking about more players bringing in. I mean, everybody on the pitch for them is seven, eight, nines. Uh, the past few games, where where do you make an improvement? Right.
0: I mean, the, the man was at Bournemouth in twenty twenty. For he'd been in Bournemouth for eight years, and he left and went to Newcastle and was backed heavily in a transfer two transfer markets back to back. Why would you leave? I mean, he's got Miguel Amor playing it at. Yeah. A very very next level, which uh, Miguel Amaron has not been playing at recently, uh, as as far as Steve Bruce. So no, I don't think he leaves to go to Liverpool. Or I guess or anywhere. Again, yeah, I mean you, you have a you have a Champions League run to make with Liverpool, but your games against Real Madrid. So <laughs> that's tough. And then is Liverpool guaranteed Cham- uh, Champions League next year? Not currently, but Liverpool sitting. I mean, excuse me. Newcastle are sitting in the Champions League spot. So, nah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not with it. I'm staying in Newcastle. All righty. We'll go to fourth place, um, sitting on just a point behind Newcastle. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur. A bit of a tough run of form for Tottenham Hotspur uh, since the last time we talked. Came back and beat Bournemouth in what was. A very, very late comeback to win 3-2. I believe they were down 2-0 at one point in that game. Um, And then uh, uh, a defeat this past Sunday uh, against Liverpool 2-1 at home. Uh, Spurs, guys, not in the best form. Uh, Kulicevki has come back. Richarlison has gone out with injury. What do we think of Spurs recently?
1: What? Quick question. What's Richarlison's injury?
0: I believe uh, – yeah, I think he, he had an ankle injury and he was cleared about a week and a half ago. But as a precaution, they've kept him out. Oh, okay. Well, I was just wondering because that video of him celebrating
1: getting announced for the World Cup it didn't look like he was injured to me.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think he's cute. I think they're just so keeping healed. him out okay, as a I, precaution. I here.
1: But, yeah, Tottenham, boy, have they failed the Big Six test this year so far. Man, they only have um one one point from the big six out of four game. Tottenham, I mean, they're winning the games against the uh, lower tier teams, but they're not they're not handling the big six tests. Like I just said, so that's something well, they gotta change. That's a good strategy
0: though, if you think about it. I mean, you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. You play as hard as you can against the teams that are at or around your level and then You know, you try to survive against the teams who are better than you. And, you know, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And then they've, you know, scratched the point at Chelsea who were struggling under their old manager. And, you know, not great, but they find themselves in a decent position. And January, who knows, they could get a backing.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tottenham
0: got the money for that.
2: But talking about their form, in four straight games, they've conceded the first goal, which is kind of becoming a norm for them as this has happened in eight of ten games where they've allowed a goal, which isn't really a winning recipe. I mean, yeah, you can come back against the likes of Bournemouth, but as we saw against Liverpool, going two goals down early, I mean, that's almost impossible to come back from.
0: Uh, Spurs still up there in the top quarter of the table, but – a little bit of shaky form there and they're suffering moved to fifth place just outside the champions league places uh manchester united find themselves three points back from tottenham but they do have a game in hand as they're sitting on 13 games and tottenham on 14. uh manchester united sitting on 23 points still with a negative goal differential but since the last time that we talked manchester united have found themselves one nil winners against west ham uh, and then 3-1 uh, losers against Aston Villa and their uh, new manager, Unai Emery. Uh, Manchester United, this is the last time we've talked, guys. Stuck in fifth place. What do we think, Sure.
1: I mean, yeah, this is the um, – in the most recent game, it was a game I kind of expected to happen. Um, Unai Emery, I, I kind of figured he was going to get the um, boys at Aston Villa riled up and ready to go, and he sure did. They came out firing on all cylinders early, two goals early. What a free kick by Dina! I'll let you talk a little bit more about that, Jack. But um, yeah, uh, Manchester United—they're—they're—they're uh, they're, they're a team I kind of expected them to be right now. Really is all I could say about them. Not—not not too much more. They're—they're they're where they should be.
2: Yeah, honestly, I'm on the flip side. I was not expecting Villa to come in and put the complete thrashing on them that they did, but. I mean, I'm happy to see it, obviously, but not what I was expecting.
0: This Manchester United team is just very interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic. I feel like, you know, they made purchases for the future in Malasia and Martinez, that players that they can keep for the next few years that can make a difference at Manchester United. They also, and Anthony, excuse me, they also made purchases for the now. Like, hey, we absolutely need somebody. We got, you know, we got to. Uh, a reputation to keep with Kasim, bringing in Casemiro. I just, I wonder. I mean, it's a lot for Eric hogg Hag. Um, I guess we'll see in January what their strategy is and, and if they actually have one. But uh, you know, I could see Manchester United in between tenth and fifth place, somewhere around there. It, it, it's tough for them, no doubt. Manchester United focusing on them before the end of the world. Well, before the World Cup, they face Fulham in their last game. That's an interesting matchup because Fulham has been playing. Excellent. Recently, especially the game against Man City and the one against Everton we'll get to. Uh What do you see for Manchester United? Three points or, or just a draw on that
1: one? I mean, I see. I was, it's a way. That's tough. Uh, Mitrovic will be back for Fulham. Could be a, could be a L for Man United. I'm going to say L. That's what I'm going to hope for. <laughs>
2: yeah, c- kind of depends on how bad Man United wants it and how they respond to that big loss this past weekend. I mean, you could really see it going all three ways, but I'm going to say a 2-2 draw.
0: Yeah, you imagine Manchester United are going to – a lot of the players will be pulling out of things to to, to keep themselves healthy for the World Cup. Fool them with a couple of players going to the World Cup as well. I don't think they have that problem as much because Man United, the majority of the team is. But, yeah, that's something to think about. We moved to sixth place uh, the last – or. Excuse me. The last Europa League spot that'll be Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, after their new manager, after Grant Potter left, they've been hanging around that top half the table and getting results. Uh, since we last spoke, guys, Brighton <laughs> beat the crap out of Chelsea four to one, and then beat Wolves three uh, two. Um, they hosted Chelsea at their stadium, and then they beat Wolves away. Uh, they sit on twenty one points, just two points behind Manchester United. Brighton guys, last two games looking, looking the good side. What do we think?
1: Yeah, huge six points for Brighton in the last two games. Man, that game against Chelsea, they look like they were firing on all cylinders. I'd love to see it. Graham Potter just shitting his pants against his former team. Something I can always get uh, happy about. But yeah, man. No, Brighton, man, Uh, with their new manager, it looks like he's finally starting to put it together with these most recent performances. They did struggle right before these two wins. When we last talked, they were coming in with only two points in their last five games, which is something you don't want. But, yeah, six points in the last two, you can't beat that. So, very happy for Brighton.
2: Against Chelsea, they came out with something to prove. Um, At least the players did, showing Potter uh, that he really left a good squad. And um, the only thing you could say is uh, they could look a little bit better getting back as they let in two goals to a struggling Wolves squad. But getting forward seven goals in two games, it's exactly what you want to see.
0: Heck, yeah. And staying around the same spot on the table, top half is always a good thing. And they have Aston Villa – as their last game before the World Cup. is that three points a pointer uh unfortunately walking away with nothing. What do we think guys?
1: Oh, that'll be a very exciting game to see this weekend. I'll be looking forward to watching that one home for Brighton so that helps them out a lot. I see uh, I see Brighton winning, I don't think um bill after that um big win against Manchester, United, they're going to come out and kind of not not look as good. and So, but yeah, Brighton three points.
2: Yeah, it's a very interesting one. I mean, as we just saw from Villa's performance this past weekend but yeah I'm kind of in the same boat as BJ um Villa or Brighton with 3
0: yeah i can see uh brain putting in a good performance there Aston Villa with the new manager bounce could have could have a shot but you never know we know we move on to seventh place so uh, that Grand Potter's team i I should mention Manchester United Brighton Hove Albion Chelsea and Liverpool, who are in eighth, are all on 13 points. They have a game in hand versus uh, the third games, and the fourth. 13 games. Yeah, excuse me, 13 games. They both, uh, they all have a game in hand against uh, the third and fourth place teams, Newcastle and Tottenham, on 14 points. Chelsea, Graham Potter, impressive in the Champions League, and, you know, doing okay in the Premier League. Uh, since the last time we talked, obviously, they got uh, thwarted yeah. by Brighton and Hover, Albion, and uh, they lost 1-0 to Arsenal, the league leaders at Stanford Bridge. What do, What's the trajectory of Chelsea's season going forward, and uh, what do you see uh, in their last game before the World Cup facing Newcastle? Uh, I'll start with you, Sue, and then we'll get BJ's opinion.
2: Yeah, they've really struggled. Um, I mean, two points out of their last four, Not really where you want to see them at if you're a Chelsea fan. But, I mean, honestly, I think they'll need this break to kind of recoup, even though they have a lot of players going out. Um, I don't really – I mean, we've already talked a good bit about their games. So, moving forward, they got Newcastle, and I see them losing that one too. I mean, I think this break will serve them well, let Potter really – I mean, he's had two months now, but let him really get the players fired back up.
1: Yeah, um, exactly what Justin said. Um, We've already talked about both of their games because they played Brighton and Arsenal, which are two teams above them, and they lost both of them. So that's not good for Chelsea. And it doesn't get any easier with this game coming up. Um, Newcastle, away at that. So, yeah, not, not good for Chelsea. I don't see them picking up any points before the World Cup.
0: Yeah, they have Liverpool right on their heels. Like we said, uh, Liverpool sit on 19 points just behind them. Uh, Liverpool in their last game with an impressive win over Spurs, who uh, kind of did their same, sit back and parked a bus, and Liverpool jumped out on them early. But the game before that, uh, they faced uh, Leeds. <laughs> and wow, what, a, what a great game. We'll get to that one. We'll talk about that more in depth. Uh, but they lost two one to Leeds. So Liverpool been bouncing back and forth, you know, trying to trying to find their form and they have yet to find it. Uh Liverpool season in a nutshell. I'll start with BJ on this one because Liverpool is Sue's rival. Well they're my rival, but Sue's rival as well. What do you think, BJ? I
1: mean, uh, good win for um Liverpool against Tottenham. I was very happy to see that. Always a good day when Tottenham lose and Arsenal win. So yeah, yeah, that helps out Arsenal too. Kinda um breaks away the um top two from the rest of the pack, I would say. Yeah, Liverpool. Um they're just they're dealing with some injuries right now across the pitch. Um they do get they are getting some players back. Um but yeah, just a big win against Tottenham. They needed it for sure after coming off that L against Leeds.
2: Yeah, talking about their injury problem, they just got Quinate back at the uh back. So that's huge improvement, um, seeing that they've had issues back there all season. But, yeah, that Leeds game, boy, was that fun. But talking about Liverpool in it, um, the first goal for Leeds came from a mistake at the back, um, leading to their first goal as Rodrigo had an open net. I mean, you can't have those mistakes against a Leeds squad that can score goals as they can or any good scoring team. So. They can cut out the mistakes, they could start to really improve their season.
0: Yeah, Liverpool have a high ceiling, uh, but also a low floor if they, they can't fix their mistakes and get back on it. I imagine we both, or I imagine we all three, see uh, three points coming from the Anfield fixture where they host Southampton this weekend. What, what do you, you guys think?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't see Southampton leaving the um relegation zone um before the World Cup. I I just don't think they have anything that they can do to win it at uh Liverpool, especially since Liverpool is playing home, that helps them out a lot. So yeah, I definitely see Liverpool picking up three points.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. Tied with Liverpool, uh with a game in hand, or I guess a game extra played uh Fulham see themselves though- Top half of the table with one game left to go before the World Cup. Guys, Fulham. Pretty pretty impressive run since the last time we talked. Obviously, they drew Everton nil-nil at home in a game where they should have found a winner. Um Everton, a team that can't score, but Fulham definitely a team that looked on the front foot in that one. And then they uh, traveled to Etienne Stadium where they took a 1-0 early lead but were pegged back by Manchester City and ultimately ended up losing 2-1. Fulham in the last two games, guys. Impressive.
2: In those two games, they earned a point, which they could have very easily earned all six. So I'd say it's kind of a disappointment, um, in my opinion, if I'm a Fulham fan. But – Really, going to the Etihad and playing City that well can't be too disappointed, but definitely should have picked up the three against Everton.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Justin there. Um, if you uh, would have told me that, um, the situations they're in in those games, yeah, if only getting one point from those two games, it's kind of rough. You expected to get a little bit more, at least four out of the six, a win against Everton and a draw against Man, Man City. But uh, Fulham, man, you gotta be happy with the way they're at where they're at right now on the table. Got a big game coming up um, this weekend, but um, we'll see how that goes for them. But you got you gotta be happy if you're a Fulham fan right now,
2: Mm, especially after being newly promoted.
0: Yeah, really, and and honestly, not the best backing in the transfer window as well uh, this summer. Uh, they came from the championship with a lot of the same team and have still found themselves very high at the table. Do you think we can expect a bit of a backing in January and then a team that could potentially finish top half, or do they slip to the bottom half and and, and really don't, don't impress us the second half of the season?
1: I mean, I, I don't think they're going to get a uh, major back in the um, January transfer window. I honestly could see them not signing a single player so I mean I don't I don't expect them to compete with the top half, but I don't definitely don't expect them to be in the relegation battle either. I see them finishing thirteenth, fourteenth range, fifteenth maybe. But yeah. They'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I mean honestly if they can keep getting goals how they are. I mean, in the table they're sitting sixth and goals scored with twenty three. So as long as they keep scoring goals, they could keep contending for top half of the table, but Yeah, if they slip off there, uh, I could very easily see them finishing where B.J. just mentioned.
0: Absolutely. Like we said, their game uh, before the World Cup is Manchester United. Uh, And we said that could go either way, really, uh, Manchester United in in a pretty rut of form. Um, And that'll be a tough one for them. Excited for that one, to say the least. And uh, I guess with that, we can move on to uh, the last team in the top half of the table, which is surprisingly Crystal Palace with a game in hand on form. They are tied with Liverpool on points through 13 games. Uh, Crystal Palace sit in 10th place. Since we last talked, Crystal Palace beat Southampton 1-0 at home. And then they beat West Ham 2-1 on the road. Crystal Palace... Impressive, Not impressive or right where you'd expect them to be?
1: I mean, for me, with the beginning of the season, I thought Crystal Palace would be a team that would keep um, competing for a, Euro, um, a European spot. So, I mean, this is um, kind of a disappointment for me. I mean, they do have some chances to turn it around. It looks like they're starting to do that with two wins in the um, past two weeks. Very happy to see that from Crystal Palace. Um, but, yeah, there seemed to be like a team that's on the up right now, which is something I've I'm kind of happy
2: to see. Yeah, I mean, you got their youth really starting to play well with Adoze getting the winner, um, or Elise getting the winner this past week, and Wilford Zaha, the really veteran in the squad, leading this team to good stuff as he got a goal and an assist in that game. So, I mean, if he can pull that youth along and help them grow to their potential – they could really contend for top eight if uh, they wanted to.
0: Yeah, I mean, the team they were last season was very, very impressive uh, with Connor Gallagher and the team. They seemed to be missing that one piece. And I also think a, a right back could change this team as well. But if you take out the outlier game against Everton where they lost 3 0 no-gooders in against West Ham, which is a team at or below their level. 1-0 against Southampton, which is a team definitely below their level. That's three points, although it's not impressive. It's three points. 2-1 against Wolves, a team below their level. Uh, No-0 against Leicester, a team at their level. That's a point. 2-1 against Leeds, below their level. A Chelsea game where Conor Gallagher came on and and scored the winner late in the game with an impressive strike. That could have ended 1-1, and they could have got a draw against a team above their level. They... Also, a team that drew Newcastle, Newcastle were in that run where they were drawing a lot of teams. I could see great things from them. I could also see them collapsing with their lack of depth. It really depends on how well Wilfred Zaha plays and how well they can keep people healthy. But luckily, their last game before the World Cup, obviously being uh, not in forest, that's three points for all of us, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So three points for all of us. Uh, And Crystal Palace will move into the World Cup. Here we uh, we start with the bottom half of the table, and we've got uh, Brentford, of all people, in 11th place, 14, point, uh, 14 games played, uh, sixteen sitting on 16 points with a negative three goal differential. Brentford, guys, since the last time we talked, a 1-1 draw with Wolves at home, and then a 2-2 draw at the city ground uh, against Nottingham Forest. Brentford... Are they exceeding expectations? Are they right where you expected them, or are they below expectations?
2: They're kind of right where you would expect them to be, but, I mean, if they could just be more clinical, finding a winner on the defensive side, you could really see them exceeding expectations and being maybe top eight even. But, you know, they got to win the games that they should, like against Forest and finding a winner against Wolves. I mean, like I said, if they could just be more clinical, they could really contend.
1: Yeah, Brentford, um, they you definitely, like Justin just said, you definitely want to um, capitalize on those uh, – playing those lower tier um, – lower bottom half teams and Wolves and Nottingham Forest. Don't want to just get two points out of both of those games. You definitely need four or, or all six, and that's not what they did. They only got two, so – uh, Brentford, they're actually kind of exceeding where I thought they'd be a little bit. Yeah, 11th is um kind of high for them, I think. I, I think they should be around 15th or a little bit lower, maybe. But I guess you can call this a pretty good start to the season for Brentford.
0: You know, my my biggest question is is Ivan Tony the truth or is Ivan Tony a phony? Well, he didn't even start their last game, he, he, uh, he didn't
1: start against um Nottingham Forest.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that, but like his start to this season has been impressive. I mean, he scored a bunch of goals, a couple of them being penalties. But is he the truth or is he a phony?
2: I mean, I personally think he's a phony. He's the truth from the spot, but everywhere else, I don't know. And talking about him missing from the last game, he didn't even make the bench. So was it a yellow card situation or was he hurt? I think it was a manager's
1: decision, but I really don't know, to be honest with you.
2: From
0: the, You know what it was? You know what it was? Sorry to interrupt. It was him getting investigated for betting. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So he's a phony and a
2: better. Yikes. But, yeah, as far as the betting thing goes, I, I saw that was whenever he was betting on games whenever they were in lower divisions. I don't know if he's bet on any while they've been up. But... I mean, why stop?
0: Yeah, uh, he make your England team, guys.
2: From what he can do from the spot, yes.
0: Do you leave a guy who struggles from the spot like Sancho at home, or Rashford at home?
2: I'm taking Vardy over him.
0: Vardy. I
1: mean, that's not. Or Ollie Watkins, but I think Ollie Watkins is already making the team.
0: I don't think I don't think the England national team are sponsored by Red Bull, so I'm not sure I would take Vardy. But
1: what other options does um, England have at Stryker?
2: I mean, Kane's a lock, obviously, but I mean, I could see Vardy coming in if they need somebody where they can just play long balls up to.
0: I don't understand why Tammy Abraham's not in the conversation. I or mean, he he's the absolutely
1: Southgate Only likes Premier League players.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. It's a
0: fact. Yeah, Gary makes me
2: mad. Anyways,
0: <laughs> moving on, we'll go to 12th place in uh, Leeds, United States of America. Uh, since the last time we talked, Leeds uh, beat Liverpool at Anfield with a uh 89th minute goal in a jesse marsh celebration that will go down in the history books as one of the most beautiful moments in the history of the united states and then an absolute thriller where they found themselves down 3-1 at halftime versus bournemouth to come back and win 4-3 leads united states of america struggling the last time we talked since then look a lot better
1: yeah man since we <laughs> last time we talked they've absolutely turned it around Six huge points for um, Leeds, big win over Liverpool, and then uh, what a back-and-forth game that was against Bournemouth. Holy crap. Um, but, yeah, um, when, last time we talked, they were coming off four straight losses. We were thinking about, is Jesse Marsh going to even make it to the World Cup as their manager? It looks like he definitely is now. He's turned it around, and I'm happy for him, the American.
2: Yeah, he's really found a player in um – Crescencio Somerville, I think that's how you say his first name, but I'm not sure, um, as he scored three goals in the last three games, two of them being late winners. So, really, I mean, he's got to be a starter moving forward for them as he's proven he can play all 90 minutes and still produce quality at the end.
0: Yeah. Leeds... They've had, so, so let's talk about it. Liverpool, big test at Anfield, pass. Great result for Jesse Marsh. Then they host Bournemouth at home after that big win and and the stadium's rocking. They go up 1-0 only to concede three unanswered goals and then score three unanswered goals themselves. Big, big win. Now, last game before the World Cup, they have to travel to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and take on Tottenham. What's your result there, guys?
2: I've got leads going in and capitalizing on the fact that Tottenham wants to counter, and it'll be a back-and-forth game, but I think leads get it done. I think they can capitalize on those mistakes and find a way to finish it off against a struggling Tottenham team.
1: Um. Yeah, being away for Leeds, that that kind of sucks for them. Tottenham at home, they seem to make that place a fortress for right now. So, yeah, I um, I don't think Leeds are going to be able to win that. I would hope for them to get a point. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Leeds get a point. You know, I mean, yeah, I said that they, that they would win when we're talking about Tottenham, but that's obviously me just hating Tottenham. But yeah, realistically, I see a point.
2: I mean, you bring up that they're going to Tottenham. They went to Anfield and won. So yeah, you're you
1: completely right about that. Yeah, and Anfield's definitely a bigger fortress than um the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What a name yeah. that is!
0: <laughs> I think they're waiting. They're trying to name it. I think they're waiting on. Uh, there was there was rumors that Google it was going to be the Google Hotspur Stadium or the Google Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, I mean you expect Spurs to sit back and let Leeds come on to them. Leeds are better on the counter themselves than in possession. Um, that'll be an interesting one. I could see that playing out as a draw, or Spurs maybe getting the job done. But Leeds, uh, so far, sitting at 15 points, is that impressive or is that underwhelming for you guys?
2: Well, seeing that there's still two games from being dead last, kind of under-impressive, but I mean, hopefully they can find their true run of form and be 12th outright as they separate themselves from the bottom of the table. But, I mean, kind of about where they should be.
1: The signings they made in the summer and all that, yeah, I definitely expect them to be better than 12th and 15, 15 points. 13 games played, 15 points, I definitely expect that better.
0: Yeah. Well, if you think about it, they're also their game in hand away from being in Europe. So... Excuse me, not correct. They're two games away from being in Europe. So, you know, two games away from dead last, two games away from being in dead Europe. They seem right in the middle of the road, right in the middle of the pack. We expect better, but not the worst position in the world. No. Uh, With Leeds, we'll move on. Aston Villa. uh, We talked a little bit, we touched on them a little bit. That, Steven Gerrard. Thank goodness. I absolutely hated seeing his face on the sideline. I don't know if you guys hated it, but it was just awful. Uh, Aston Villa was one of the worst teams in the league to watch, uh, only behind uh, Everton, who are also just absolutely dreadful to watch. Um, Aston Villa find themselves sitting in 13th place on 15 points as well with Leeds, but they are uh, they're on 14 games. Uh, Aston Villa, guys, what a... Since the last time we've spoken, they lost. They got absolutely just drugged by Newcastle, 4 um, 0. And then um, they beat Manchester United 3 1 at the Park. Two uh, very different results. What do you have on this?
1: I mean, yeah, two very different results, but two very different managers at the helm for Aston Villa. Um, Unite Emery coming in, like we've already talked about this game. Big win. He's a big game uh, manager. This is what I expected from him to make a statement in his first game. But also with Unite Emery, he's a he's a manager that loves to change his tactics. And I don't think that's a, that's going to work here in the Premier League. You just can't be switching your tactics back and forth from different formations and all that. So I, I just don't think uh, Unite Emery is the right fit. It might turn out to be the right fit for the rest of this year, but not long-term, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, still better than Steven Gerrard.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, you yeah. might he might find the right eleven with uh, I mean that was one thing that Steven Gerrard couldn't do as there was constant changes throughout every game, um, week to week from Gerrard and I think Villa only made one change this past week and that was Luca Dean uh, starting and what a difference that made obviously, but er I'm sorry he made a couple but I mean kind of like this squad. I think they got quality in it. It's just they need to be better with uh their form needs to be better basically.
1: Yeah, and um know, Emery's going to get some players here in January. Um he'll get some back
2: in uh his first transfer
1: window. I imagine Villa still got some Grealish cash laying, a lot, r- laying around. So, we'll see what kind of signings they make come January.
0: Oh, way do they still have Grealish cash. I mean, they've spent a lot since he left. I think Leon Bailey was 50 million pounds, which is half of the Greenwich cash, right? I don't know (laughs) how much he was. I mean, Catinho's contract might as well be a $20 million signing because huge wages he's on. Yeah, and they signed
2: like, what, four or five other players?
0: Yeah, I mean, Uh, they got Dan Donker for 17 million from Wolves. They signed Danny Ings from Southampton for 12 million. I mean, but still. This isn't underwhelming this isn't for you guys, is it? Or is it overwhelming? Or is it right where you expect them to be?
2: Well, with Gerard, it's kind of right where you expect them to be. But based on the players that they have, you kind of expect them to be a little higher in, in the table. I mean, most of their starting 11 um, are international
0: players. So you'll see go to the World Cup. With the quality they have on their side, yeah, I think they're underwhelming as well. So the next three teams sit on fourteen points uh, from fourteen games. Uh, goal differential only uh, deciding goal differential only deciding them. Uh, Leicester sit in fourteenth. Uh, a significant turnaround uh, in their season after being dead last uh, since we last spoke. Leicester City have lost 1-0 to Man City in an impressive performance and then beat Everton 2-0 at Goodison Park. Uh, Leicester, obviously, I would say they're underwhelming um, from where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. But Brendan Rodgers still at the helm has made somewhat of a turnaround. What do we think, guys?
2: Yeah, what a turnaround. Um, they really played City well. And like we, or like I said, with that KDB free kick, um, they kept everything else out as Ward has turned his season around just as much as Lester as a squad has um he's got five clean sheets now, four in the last five games. um I mean that was a big question mark. We were talking about them going out and getting a keeper uh during the January transfer market. I mean, with his run of form, do you really need one now?
0: I mean. No, absolutely not. <laughs> He's been playing brilliantly. No,
1: yeah, you definitely got Rob with Danny Ward. He's uh, been playing out of his mind here recently, which is very good for him, especially with the way he started the season. Uh, but yeah, Leicester, I definitely think they're going to find some form here um, in the rest of the season, and they'll definitely move right up the table. I don't expect them to get to a European spot, but definitely a
0: top of uh, top half of
1: the table team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, anything's possible. They sit only seven points off of uh, sixth place, so well, happen.
2: Yeah, they also might finally cash in on Yuri Tielemans as he's not going to re-sign with them. So, I mean, you might as well take some cash and reinvest it, but I, well, they, could, see they, them, they, I could see them sticking with him uh, throughout the rest of the season just so he can help uh, the team stay up but
0: they reinvested part of the fafana money pretty well with the wild face guy. I mean, he he's been impressive in their past couple of games. Now he's got up to tune with the Premier League. So Leicester City, definitely the quality, definitely the ability. Got to see where they go next. Is the point uh, moving to 15th place. Oh sorry, we should talk about the game that they have coming up, no, shouldn't we? Uh um, no, Leicester yeah, we haven't City. talked. We haven't talked about that game yet. Go ahead. Yeah, Leicester City uh traveled to West Ham. Uh really <laughs> they were two teams that we were nervous about not uh getting out of the relegation zone earlier. Both teams out of the relegation zone without having to sack their managers. Uh what do we think of West Ham and Leicester City game before the World Cup?
1: I mean, yeah, this is a big game for both teams. Uh both teams sitting on um Fourteen games played, uh, fourteenth uh, and fifteenth place respectively. Um, does help out West Ham a lot that it's away. I think. I mean, uh, yeah, home for them, away for uh, Leicester. So,
2: I think West Ham wins,
1: but way Leicester's playing. Not too sure, but I would, I would go three points for West Ham.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the high hand being Leicester. Um, with the Warden goal and how West Ham has struggled to find goals. I could see him keeping another clean sheet or only allowing one goal, which we all know Leicester's capable of scoring two, three, four, five goals. I mean, I see them scoring two, winning two to one or two to nothing in it.
0: Yeah, I got Leicester in this one as well. I think Leicester are very hot. They've been playing very well. And West Ham, although they have – they found a run of form uh, since the beginning of the season. They have not uh, impressed in the past two two games. And we'll get to them. They're next in the table. Uh, they said just below Leicester. Uh, since we talked, they lost 1-0 to Manchester United, and then they uh, lost 2-1 to Crystal Palace. Uh, definitely very, I'll go ahead and answer for you guys, a very, very underwhelming season for West Ham, especially with the money that they spent. Uh, they sit with uh, four wins, two draws, and eight losses and a negative three-goal differential only on 14 points after 14 games. West Ham, guys, a team that finished in the Europa Conference League place last year now finds themselves uh, in 15th place. Can I have your opinion on that? I'll start with Jerm.
1: I mean, yeah, West Ham definitely would expect more out of them this season. Underwhelming to start the season for them. Uh, I'm surprised uh, that David Moyes is still their manager. Yeah, I would say that. I would expect them to um, maybe uh, sack him and go after one of the bigger managers out there. But we'll see what happens. Uh, they are out of that um, relegation uh, zone that we're, they were in earlier. But we'll see what they can do.
2: Yeah, really an um, like underwhelming see- season, like you had said, Jack. I mean, we saw what they could do whenever everybody's in form competing for a top four spot, really. But whenever they aren't in form, oh, my goodness. And they went out and got uh, Samaka and Pequeta and both international players who shined for their respective countries. I mean, they just got to find goals somewhere. I mean, they're of the bottom of the table whenever it comes to goals scored. and uh I mean, Antonio had a chance on the break to put uh, them up and won the corner that Crystal Palace countered and won the game from last week. So, yeah. if he's able to put a shot on goal or play in a better cross from the position that he's in, they could have very easily won that one 2-1 to one and flipped the score on him. But it's it's just – If I was a West Ham fan, it'd be hard for me to watch their games right now.
0: Yeah, they have definitely not been anywhere near where you expect them to be. And and compared to the teams around them, I mean, obviously Leicester and West Ham both had a very difficult start of the season. But I mean, West Ham spent a lot. Leicester were crippled by financial fair play, and, and they didn't have a lot of money to spend. West Ham spent a lot of money. And brought in a lot of decent players, players that you'd expect to have them in a better position than they are in. Um, yeah, David Moyes saved his job with a couple of very good results, but is this David Moyes' last season?
1: And yeah, they don't they don't find their place into a European um, spot or win the Conference League somehow, which they're they're in this year. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's gotta be David
2: Moyes' last season. Yeah, he's got to find the fire in the squad that uh, he had last year, else I think he's done too.
0: Yeah, I think he was one of the people that we uh, polled whether he'd go out or not on our Twitter, but. Here he is, still in place. Uh, we'll move on to 16th place because we already talked about West Ham's game before the World Cup, which they faced Leicester, the team just ahead of them. Uh, we'll talk about the 16th place team, Everton, uh, on uh, 14 games in, sitting on 14 points, three wins, five draws, six losses, negative three goal differential. Uh, since we last talked, Everton drew away to Fulham at Craven Cottage in London, um, and then lost two nil at home to Leicester. Guys, Everton, uh, performing above what you thought they would, below where you thought they'd be, or right where you thought they'd be?
2: Really about where you'd think them to be, except defensively they've been immaculate (laughs) almost. Um, They just need to find goals, obviously. Uh, I mean, that's going to be their Achilles heel, it seems like, moving forward. Yeah, just like what Justin said, this is kind
1: of where I expected Everton to be. Um, Kind of impressed with their defense, but that offense is oof, oof, that attack. You got to do something with that attack.
0: Yeah, uh, the significant investment into uh, the defense has been brilliant. I mean, you bring in Tarkowski for free, who has been one of the best defenders in the Premier League so far. And you bring in Connor Cody for on a loan with an option to buy for less than 5 million pounds this summer. Brilliant bit of business. Two really good signings. Uh, Patterson and Mikalinko have been decent as well. Patterson just coming off an injury. You signed a Gana Gay for under a million pound. Brilliant signing there. Amadou Onana, another brilliant signing. So the midfield and the defensive part of the, part of the team have been brilliant. And obviously Jordan Pickford, England's number one. It's been brilliant this season as well. God help me, it is just so difficult to watch the top half of the team. I mean, the only investment that was made into the top half were Neil Mopé and Dwight McNeil, both people who have, you know, never once made you say, wow, that that is, you know, brilliant what they've just done. I think Dwight McNeil's may maybe capable of one brilliant moment every you know, a thousand minutes, but just, yeah, goals, 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 goals. Everton faced Bournemouth in their last game before the world cup. Uh, just before taping this podcast, actually an hour and 15 minutes before we hopped on the beginning of this podcast, uh, Everton lost 4-1 to Bournemouth in the cup. Obviously Frank Lampard made 11 changes from the side that faced Leicester on Saturday, and I imagine that he'll make another. Bournemouth uh, made
1: a bunch of changes too, so yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Throw that out there.
0: I mean, yeah, it's definitely two teams that were not the first team for either team. um Bournemouth winning four one at home against uh, Everton and knocking them out of the Carabao Cup. What do we see in the last game before the World Cup between Everton and Bournemouth, a rematch of what happened today?
1: Yeah, it being away at Bournemouth again, not looking too good for Everton, man. I think this is going to give Bournemouth that edge. Those fans just saw what they could do against Everton. They're going to be expecting that this weekend with their um, their first team as well. So, yeah, we'll see. I think Bournemouth are going to get three points, big three points for Bournemouth as well.
2: Yeah, in the last two weeks, Bournemouth have scored five goals. So, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. playing one of the best defenses in the league, but can Everton get goals is what it amounts to. It's either a 1-0 Bournemouth win or, I mean, Everton could scratch a point out of it, but I'm going to go with Bournemouth, honestly.
0: Yeah, I don't think those are bad opinions. I mean, like you said, uh, Bournemouth have have scored five goals in the past two games. They've also given up seven goals in the past two games, uh, but those are against two high-quality attacks. Um, Yeah. You know, looking at it, obviously, Everton made a lot of changes um, and so did Bournemouth. So you can't really take that. You can't really say, you know, it's, it, oh, Everton, we're playing the shit players. But also there's a you, you we're all friends here. We, we all have pretty close opinions. Michael Keen and Yuri Mina are nowhere near in the same league as Tarkowski and Mina are excuse me, Tarkowski and Cody. Um Begovic is nowhere near Jordan Pickford. Uh, this Finagra guy on loan from Real Betis, he left Wolves for free uh, two summers ago. Nowhere near Minkalinko's defensive ability, much better in the attack. But yeah, a point A point for Everton's generous against Bournemouth before the World Cup. Uh, I, I got all three for Bournemouth coming up this weekend is painful. It is as it is to say for me, and as, as painful as it's going to be to watch for me. Uh, Everton are, or defensively are very good, but if they can't find an attack, that de- defense can't, we, we can't draw every game the rest of the season and expect to stay up. We've got to, we've got to make a move in January uh, and Bournemouth sit just behind Everton uh, on 13 points in the table. Uh, like we said, you know, they lost, 3-2 to Spurs at home in what was a really, really late comeback from Spurs after they went up 2-0 early, and then they lost 4-3 uh, to Leeds on the road where they were up 3-1 at halftime. And guys, we've seen Bournemouth really take a dive in the table since the last time we talked, uh, and we've seen them take a dive in the table since the beginning of October. What do we think of Bournemouth so far? Is this right where you expected them, or, or, or are you disappointed in the way that their form has been moving?
1: No, nah, I mean, obviously um, with those last few games, um, the four L's, not what you want to see. But at the beginning of the season, yeah, if you would uh, asked me where I thought Bournemouth would be, I would have said battling for um, a relegation spot, and that's exactly where they're at. So, yeah, put Bournemouth right there. But um, not looking good for them, man. Like I just said, four L's in a row. Not what you want. I've I stated in our last podcast that I think that there would be a team to go down, and it's looking more and more true.
2: Yeah, um, I agree Every, with everything you just said. They've this is about where you expect them, but if they can close out either one of those games, you know they could have won both of them. Yeah, uh, I mean they put themselves in the position they got. Uh, Solanke and Billing playing really well right now. I mean, they
1: could just... They got um. What What's his name? And that, that Travenier... The, well, Ta- I Ta- can't ever say it. Tavers. Tavers, yeah. Tavernier. Ta- Ta- yeah, Ta- Ta- uh, he had uh, involved in all three of their goals over the weekend. So that's good for him.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Tavernier yeah, Ta- Ta- yeah, Ta- Ta- or whatever. He had a goal, a goal and a two assists.
0: Yeah, we talked about their game before the World Cup and how uh, we all think that that's at least three points for Bournemouth, maybe a point, but definitely three points for Bournemouth. Um, That'll find themselves sitting close to the middle of the table as, again, the bottom half of the table is separated just by six points from um, 11th through 20th. That's one of the brilliant parts of the Premier League so far this season. It's very, very close um, in terms of twentieth to sixth place. They're only separated by eleven points. Obviously, right now it looks like a two-horse race at the top. But from twentieth to eleventh, or excuse me, from twentieth to sixth, it's only eleven points. That's you know that's that's one of the real brilliant parts of the Premier League so far this season. We'll move on to the relegation spots, uh, and Southampton hold the closest to getting out so far on twelve points. Um, Boys, Southampton uh today sacked their manager, Ralph hassel I said that with the best actions I could. Since we last spoke, they lost uh one nil to Crystal Palace on the road and uh they found themselves losing uh four one to Newcastle, a team in form. Is this decision to sack Ralph a good one? And um, do we see Southampton making a recovery after this?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a sacking that needed to be made. I mean, you got to think their next game is um, away to Liverpool. So, I mean, were they even going to get a point out of that to begin with with him? So, why not go ahead and make the sacking and maybe your team gets a little boost from the sacking of the manager and something happens against Liverpool? If not, you got a month to
2: find a new, new manager. I think it's the right time to do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, they brought in four players under 20, I think, who have looked decent, but he obviously just wasn't getting enough out of the squad as a whole. Um, And the players he brought in, I've been really impressed by Lavia and Adozi, both city signings, Uh, but something needed to happen as far as turning their form around.
0: All right, so just for – since they're – 4-0 4-0 loss to Manchester City on October 8th at, at the Etihad Stadium. They drew West Ham, a team out of form. They beat Bournemouth, a team that were in flying form. Uh, they drew Arsenal, the best team in the Premier League currently. Uh, they lost a close game 1-0 at Sellers Park against, Sellers Park against Crystal Palace due to Wilfred Zaha, who, again, is one of those players. And then they lost to potentially one of the best informed form teams, uh, Newcastle 4-1 at home. Embarrassing defeat that, but again, Ralph Housen has been at this team for a very long time. And I agree with his sacking, but in terms of form, I mean, this is a South Anthem team that beat Chelsea 2-1, lost to Manchester United 1-0, beat Leicester 2-1, Drew at Leeds 2-2. I, they're very inconsistent. I agree. I just, I don't, I, I think they get the manager appointment right. And they'll they'll be in a really really good shape. Uh, currently, they're looking at the Luton Town manager, who has Luton Town playing very well in the championship, um, and and that's what Fabrizio Romano has recently tweeted and said is the most likely to be their next manager. Southampton guys, I want you to join the. Join a time traveling portal. Does Southampton find themselves safe in the end of March? Come the come the international break at the end of March. Do you see Southampton being safe?
2: Yes. Yeah, I don't know about completely safe, but
1: they'll be with, out of they'll be out of the relegation zone.
2: I think that they'll be out of the relegation zone as well, but I think they'll still be about. Fifteenth or so, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No matter who they sign as a manager.
1: Yeah, I think they'll still be in the relegation battle all season.
2: Yeah. Good. Though they definitely have the quality to to not be and put themselves out of the position Everton found themselves in last year, needing um, a win in their second to last game.
0: Here. move deeper into the relegation zone. Uh, surprise. Of the season so far, Wolves—they've sacked their manager. They're currently—are uh, st- they still with a uh, temporary manager, or do they sign? No, they,
1: oh, I think they, that guy might not have been the manager for the game over the weekend, but they signed a yeah. the new manager. after yeah. his name.
0: Yeah, it's one of those big long names. He used uh, to be Wolves, the
1: manager for Real Madrid years ago.
0: Yeah, Wolves find themselves only on ten points after fourteen games: two wins, four draws, eight losses. Negative 14 goal differential. You talk about Everton being a team that is struggling to find goals at the moment. Wolves are very much struggling to find goals at the moment. Since the last time we talked, they scored three, uh, but they've also uh, let in a total of four. Uh, Wolves, Drew Brentford 1 1, and then lost to Brighton 3 uh, 2. Wolves, obviously under-impressing this season. What's gone wrong for them? Mm-hmm
1: same thing as Everton not able to find the goals up front. Yeah. And you you can tell that um if you can't find the goals this season, no matter how good your defense is going to be, you're going you're going to be at the back of the pack.
2: Yep. And it's really surprising too seeing that uh, a lot of their squad is Portuguese who will who will start even and if they don't start, they'll play good minutes. Yeah, um, for so it's kind of really surprising um, where they find themselves, but like BJ just said, they gotta find goals from somewhere.
1: Yeah, um, uh, but going off what Justin just said as well, um, this, all these Portuguese players they have, man, you gotta you gotta think like, how's this Portuguese uh, Portugal team gonna play at the World Cup if all these uh, Wolves players are gonna be getting minutes and they just can't find the goal. But, I mean, that's just a whole different uh, case scenario right there. Like, obviously, they might be playing better with the international team, stuff like that. But it, it makes you wonder for sure. Yeah. makes you worry <laughs> about Portugal. The talent <laughs>
0: is there. The talent is there for Wolves. It's the putting it together, right? Yeah. It really yeah,
1: is. it sucks that they signed that uh, really tall striker in his first game he tore his ACL. Yeah.
0: That uh, yeah. that really sucks for
1: him. That could have been the the piece they're missing.
0: I mean that's unfortunate. And then they bring on Diego Costa, who gets a red card at the end of the game for headbutting somebody. But again, I mean, wolves are wolves are another team kind of like West Ham, where they made a significant investment and only got worse. What 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 do you think is the reason for that? Is it is it the manager that they lost Bruno Lodge, or or was it just unfortunate, or what do you what what do we say? I think it's just
1: not not being able to find the right lineup and are just misfortune along with that being very unlucky.
2: Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, I completely agree with sacking um, Lodge as their poor run goes all the way back into January or March of last season. So, and that, and the trouble then was finding goals as well. So they just like Pedro Neto needs to be more clinical, Um, Daniel Podence as well. I mean, they have gotten goals out of the last few games. I mean, the last one they got two in, so that's a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, they're moving forward, but unfortunately they're not moving in the table as they still sit 19th. And the only team below them being the team who signed the most players this summer, uh, not in Forest. Since we last talked, guys, they uh, drew 2-2 to Brentford. Which is a good result for them, obviously. Um, and then, you know, uh, an unfortunate result five nil uh, at the Emirates Stadium in London. Uh, not unfortunate. Do we? Is there any chance of them getting out of the relegation zone, or they're a lock to go down at this point, guys? Justin, I'll let you go.
2: Yeah, I think they have looked better in the past couple of weeks as they've started to really find um, the right eleven on the pitch for them, but. I still think that they're a lot going down. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The hundred and sixty five million that they invested in between signings and um their wages, they should have brought in, you know, five, six, seven, eight quality, quality players who would start for about any other team and then they'd really be sitting, you know, twelfth or so if they invested right. But hey, that's what you get for going on a spending spree
0: without much of a plan yeah they went on a spending spree without much of a plan and then sacked their director of recruitment like we talked last time and it's just bold decision um mm-hmm. not enforced their last game before the world cup is against uh, crystal Palace at home did they have a chance in that one bj uh
1: nah crystal palace has got them i think uh, yeah, but just going off what y'all said, it's just, it's rough to see a team that have spent that much money in the summer being very happy that they're finally back up in the Premier League, showing that they're willing to stay, and this is what happens. But like like you said, Jack, they are starting to find some form here. Maybe they found the right starting 11. You would hope if you're a Nottingham Forest fan. I, uh, last time we spoke, I did say that they're one of my two, three teams that I think will go down, but... More and more I think about it, I honestly can see either Everton or Southampton maybe falling down and this Nottingham Forest team moving up. They they seem to the find goals and if they can just get this right starting eleven. I they got players. I think they could they stay up.
2: Yeah, I think they'll wow. be in the fight all season, but I still see oh, them going down honestly. absolutely they'll be in the fight all season.
0: Since we've already done the last week before the World Cup's uh predictions can i get your top four predictions and your bottom three predictions no specific order who makes europe this year who goes down this year both of you i'll start with all
2: right i think the top three are in for champions league it's really that fourth spot that you know could go up to anybody um
0: so, Arsenal, Man City, and – who did who you say I'm here? Huh?
2: Newcastle. I think the top three are basically a lock unless Newcastle goes back to their uh, form of just drawing games. But it's not a bad strategy, obviously. Um, but I still see them with Isak and Allen St. Maximin coming back and maybe even getting more players uh, in January. I think they're in. But as far as my fourth position, that's up for grabs. Um, I mean, as much as I'd like to say Brighton slip in there, I think Man United get it done. I don't really see Tottenham sticking up there, honestly.
0: So You have Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, and Man United in your top four. Who are your uh, bottom three? Who's going down?
2: Oh, this, I think, is tougher than the top four. Um mm-hmm. I'm going to go Bournemouth, um, Forest, and that third one's going to be tough. Uh, could really see it being either Southampton or Wolves, um, but I'm going to say Wolves.
0: Jeremy, let's hear
2: it. Top four,
1: no specific specific order. Um, yeah, Arsenal, Man City. Don't think Newcastle will stay up there. I, just, I think they'll uh, be in a Europa League spot. Um, we'll go with Chelsea finishing in three and then Manchester United in fourth. Fuck Tottenham. Um, <laughs> we'll go with the bottom three as Nottingham Forest, Wolves, and Bournemouth. We'll keep it the same way as I had in our last podcast.
0: Love to hear it. Yeah, I've got top four, uh, Arsenal and City are obviously be up there because, I mean, both teams uh, have been brilliant. Um, Newcastle United, I think, coming fourth. And I think you see a a very surprising push uh, from Chelsea to finish third. Um, And then your bottom four, excuse me, your bottom three, top one, I don't think Ford's figured it out. They have no more money to spend in January, hopefully. And if they do, I think it only makes the problem worse. Um, they had a, a manager who was not getting it done, and they decided to extend his contract. So I think he, he will be uh, leading them into the championship. Uh, Wolves are in a position where they can make a run to get out, but I think it's uh, Forrest, Southampton, and Bournemouth is my bottom three um uh another episode of tackling the premier league uh next week we'll come out to you with a wrap-up of the last game week um and then we will come at you potentially if y'all are interested in a uh world cup preview who who we think will win who we think will come top three all that kind of stuff uh again thank you for hanging out with us uh listening to our pod um interact with us twitter at tackling the prem. we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear what you would like to hear more of and hear less of um uh we'd like to hear your opinions on what we talk about um and interact with us as much as you can talk to us and keep listening to tackling the prim appreciate you
1: yeah thank you for listening if you made it this far yeah